Good morning, and welcome to First United Methodist Church. I am Teresa Holt, and on behalf of the pastoral staff in this congregation, we welcome you to worship with us today. We hope that you find unexpected joy. Let us begin our worship with prayer. Generous God, we ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit today. May it flow through us. May we be aware of the abundant joy you have for our lives. And when we go out this week, may we share that joy with all. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my song, raising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, raising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. Savior 
history happens here at First United Methodist Church. The homeless receive shelter during cold weathers. We have our blessing box. The hungry are fed through our open arms food pantry. We have Bible studies for all ages. Joy kits are spread throughout our community. And this all happens because of the generosity of God in our lives and the generosity of you giving back. There's information on the screen if you would like to help in the ministry of our congregation. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you have blessed our lives. Your abundant joy overflows. So we give back today so that others may experience that same joy and peace in their lives. Amen. It's UMW Sunday, and so we have Linda Dowdy, who's going to be sharing the mission statement of our women. United Methodist Women shall be a community of women whose purpose is to know God and to experience as whole persons freedom through Jesus Christ, to develop a creative, supportive fellowship, and to expand concepts of mission through participation in the global ministries of the church. Our announcements for today. I want you to be aware of our children's Linton kits will be coming out soon. These will be for Ash Wednesday and also for the Sunday before, as well as opportunities for children and families to have opportunities to understand about Lent and to join in. We have our Ash Wednesday service that is the 17th. It will be live streamed, but we will be providing those kits along with the children's kits in the week before. More information will be coming, and you will have the opportunity to pick those up and participate with the imposition of ashes. And last but not least, we have the blessing box. This is a box that's out on Pratt Street. It's there for you to help provide blessings to our community so that they can experience joy. We encourage you to bring non-perishables. If you have new hats, mittens, gloves, if you would put those in baggies to protect them, and if you will put that in the blessing box, we have the opportunity to share God's love throughout this community. And now we have Claire Wisman, who's going to bring the scripture for today. Our scripture this morning begins with Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And continues with Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. 
Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our scripture this And now we have Molly Baldwin, who's going to be leading our children's sermon. So all children and young at heart gather around and hear the word as Molly gives it. Good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to meet with you. I think it's the first time I've been able to reach out in the new year, so happy new year. So today I want to talk a little bit about another one of my passions. Every Sunday, or sometimes Saturday, but we like to cook for our family. So my mom comes over, and then my husband's family comes over, and then maybe a friend of theirs, although the pandemic has kind of made it so it's just immediate family that we're meeting with. But we try to do it every weekend. We cook a big feast for our family. Um, and sometimes I'm exhausted. I think, oh, I've got to come up with this big main menu to make. I don't know what to make and I'm so tired because I have been working all week, taking care of the kids. And I'm sure like you, you're exhausted from school. You've been working and doing homework and you're just exhausted and you want to do nothing but relax. But it'd be easy to take the day off, right? Not do anything, play video games. Sometimes our brains turned into lime jello if we spend too much time on computers. So it's good to think of others and do things besides nothing. So I get a great deal of joy out of cooking. As you can see right back here, these are all my cookbooks and they go from the top of the ceiling all the way down to the floor. So I get a lot of joy in cooking. And when I think about how tired I am, I think what joy my family is gonna get if I make them a big feast, even with a big dessert involved. So I like to feed people. And that started me thinking about today's scripture where we learn about Jesus feeding the 5,000. So he was with his disciples and we know that there was a big group of people following them. They were following Jesus because Jesus was saying some pretty amazing things. And more people came and the disciples thought, well, Jesus must be tired because we're really tired. We should send these people away. But Jesus said, no, don't send them away. Uh, they need to stay right here and we're going to feed them. We're going to feed these people and the disciples, they are gathering their food and they don't have much food. They have what? Five loaves of bread, a couple of fish, not, not much provisions, not enough to feed a lot of people. But God took those five loaves of bread and two fish and he made a feast for plenty. By the end of the scripture, we learn that he fed 5,000 people with just that small amount of bread and fish. That's amazing. So it makes me think about a lesson that we can learn from that. We learn that when we give what we have, no matter if it's even just a little bit, and we pray about it, we're giving it all to God. God takes it and he blesses it and he makes the bounty big. He makes it bigger than we could ever imagine, like making food for 5,000 out of something that fit in a basket. And we even learned that there was enough food that there were leftovers. Can you even imagine? That's amazing. So 
think about other people and think about feeding people not just with food although that's fun but think about blessing them with prayer think about feeding them with kindness think about feeding them by opening the doors and giving them a nice smile when we're not able to see a lot of faces these days it's hard but just think about that think about others and feasting and joy okay so let's pray together father god thank you for bringing us joy in scripture you bless us, helping us to bless others. May we feed your people and feast at your table. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, the best conversations happen around a meal. The best relationships are built around a table. Lives are transformed when you share food and conversation over breaking bread. I discovered this fact over 25 years ago in a church in northern Kentucky. A group of older youth, we were probably in our upper 30s, who didn't really know each other, decided to form a dinner group. One of the couples was a woman who had just started attending our church. She had never been in a church before in her life. Her husband was a Catholic, but had left the church long ago. She says later that that first dinner group, that first meeting was terrifying for her. She didn't know what we were gonna do. Were we gonna read scripture while eating? Were we going to make her read scripture out loud? Was she expected to know those stories? Her husband, on the other hand, was skeptical. He figured we were hypocrites and that we would do a lot of talking, but not living out our faith. I'm here to say that those dinner groups continued the whole eight years I was in northern Kentucky. And though we all moved on from that church, lives were changed. Four of those participants, including her husband, who was skeptical, became worship leaders in other churches. And one became an outreach pastor to a church in Cincinnati. It is amazing what happened. And to this day, that lady tells me that the best time that she had was those times spent having deep conversations around a dinner. We had dinner groups in our church too. We have not been able to have them because of COVID, but we know that those dinner groups changed lives. I hear it all the time. Small groups, Sunday school classes, they break bread together because there is something magical, abundant joy that happens over a meal. Psalm 23 verse 5 has an image of us as sheep, with God as our shepherd providing a table before us, for presence of our enemies, our cup overflows. We are anointed with oil. These are images of abundant joy. You see, in the Holy Land, sheep during the summer months are taken to the higher areas 
where there's flat, grassy areas. They're called mesas or tables. And in the spring, the shepherd goes ahead to prepare a place for those sheep. He scouts out the area trying to find the best grazing areas. He goes through and picks the poisonous plants so that when the sheep go to graze there, they can have an abundant time of grazing and experiencing the love of that sheep herder. Actually, that goes on into the hospitality of sheep herders. The Bedouins, these are sheep herders in the Arabic tradition, they believe that when you visit them, that you are protected by them. When you are in their tent, your enemy is their enemy. In fact, you are so protected and they take care of you in such hospitality that they don't even ask your name or what you're doing there until the fourth day because hospitality is very important. So let that image sink in. Can you imagine the grace of God that flows like that in terms of hospitality? This same hospitality is seen in Jesus' feeding of the 5,000. We have Jesus who's tired and struggling after hearing of the beheading of his cousin, John the Baptist. And all he wants to do is retire to a quiet place and be by himself. But instead, this large crowd, hungry for this love and grace of Jesus, follows him. Instead of being put off, he instead looks and has compassion and grace for this crowd. And in fact, when the disciples approach him, asking him to send them on so that they can get food, he instead instructs them to feed them. Now, they're overwhelmed because, of course, as they say, they have just a few loaves of bread and two fish. How in the world could they possibly feed this crowd? I spent a couple of years in Pine Bluff when I served at Lakeside United Methodist Church long time ago, over 30 years. But I remember two particular women in this church. They affected me greatly. They're what I would say were the epitome of Southern gentility. They were always gracious, never talked evil about anyone, always had something prepared to serve you. And I just can't get over the fact of how they were always prepared, always willing to come up with a fellowship meal if it was needed in the congregation, a fundraising meal if we needed mission. They were UMW, of course. But when I think about these disciples saying, how are we possibly going to feed? I think of these women because they would have known. They just did it. They had the hospitality. God's abundance in this psalm passage and Jesus' desire to feed the 5,000 is often something that's looked at as something that God does. We're just the recipients. But yet it is the disciples who Jesus said to feed them. You do it. It seems often that it's the sin of lack of imagination that we typically sin, 
and fail in our understanding of God's abundance and joy. The disciples can't imagine how 5,000 people can be fed or how God can work in their lives so that they can provide. It's a common sin. The same lack of imagination occurred in the wandering of the Jewish people in the desert. They complained about food, and when God provided it, they hoarded it, finding that it crumbled in their hands. The lack of imagination prevented them from appreciating God's generosity and provision, that they had enough, that God does provide in desert lands where there is no food or water. So what if we began to look at this abundance of God, this table set before us as an opportunity to be joyful host? Our mission is to find ways to provide for all. You see, we're in the season of epiphany in which we recognize that God comes to all through Jesus Christ. It's really easy to say that we couldn't possibly be in ministry due to our limits. To open this table to all to be generable and hospitable in this era of COVID. We couldn't possibly feed 5,000 people when we only have a few loaves and a couple of fish. We couldn't possibly feed a hungry world who wants justice and love and acceptance when we're polarized and divided in our beliefs. We couldn't possibly, God forgive our sin of disbelief and lack of imagination. For we've sold you short. You prepared a table before us by going ahead and making sure we have all we need. You know we have enough in our baskets to feed a large, hungry crowd. You provide even when we're in the deserts of life, and though we can't see it, there is the acceptance of assurance that you are with us and you will provide. So let us open wide this table today, for it's only as small as we want it to be, United Methodist women who we celebrate today have taken it as their mission to provide for children and women, to feed the hungry, to walk alongside those who deserve justice, to provide the hospitals, the camps, one being Camp Aldersgate in Little Rock for children with special needs, the missionaries, the deaconess, like Miss Helen Wilson, who served the children and women of Bolivia and lived out her last days here with us. Let's open our arms wide, broaden our hearts, dream big dreams, to imagine a world of abundance, not scarcity, to have a heart and a passion to want to see others fed, loved, cared for, to want to eat in joy with others who are different from us. The Bible is full of stories of Jesus eating and breaking bread with others with the result of changed lives. Along with the feeding of the 5,000, we have the wedding at Cana, 
regular sharing of his meals with disciples, eating with Simon the Pharisee, with Matthew the tax collector and his friends, inviting himself to Zacchaeus' home. In fact, he did it so often he was accused by the church officials that he spent way too much time eating with sinners. God knows that we, both individually and corporately, are formed and transformed around food. God shaped the people of Israel while in the desert around the table of manna, food from heaven. Jesus showed the disciples the loving act of serving around the Last Supper and the washing of feet. Paul strongly admonished and encouraged the church at Corinth about serving the least around the table of Holy Communion. All of these events in our celebration today of communion reminds us that in the breaking of bread, God's joy is for all. In the great thanksgiving, the pastor says, by your spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. The unity and community of the church is formed through the breaking of bread. When Jesus took that bread and fish and blessed it, but when it comes to joy, it is imperative that we commune and eat with one another. It is said that if a person finds a piece of bread, picks it up, and blesses it, he has a meal. But if a person finds a piece of bread, picks it up, blesses it, and shares it with another, it is a sacrament. Let us see this communion meal today as an opportunity for imagination, to see our lives this week as joy, a joy-lived sacrament. May we see the generosity of God. May we live out of abundance and not scarcity. This is my prayer today. In the name of God who goes before to provide for us, in the name of Jesus, who cares and loves us, and the Holy Spirit, who sends us forth. Amen, amen, and amen. And amen. Thank you so much, Reverend Teresa. I'm J.J. Galloway, one of the pastors here at First United Methodist Church. And now comes to the moment in our service where we partake of the Holy Sacrament. If you're at home this morning or wherever you are, if you have some bread, if you have some juice or even water, crackers, even a tasty donut will do. So you can go ahead and be preparing your elements as we prepare ours here. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, after they had, he and the disciples, had feasted together and prayed together, 
He took the bread. He gave thanks for the bread. And he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. And once again, he gave thanks to you, God. He blessed it. And he said to all the disciples, take, eat, take, drink. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. And so we pause before we eat and before we drink to give thanks to you, God, for giving us this table, for giving us your son. May these elements, this bread and this juice be for us the body and the blood of Christ, broken and poured out for us. May we be your faithful disciples who will follow you wherever you lead. Make us be a blessing for this world as Christ was a blessing for this world. All these things we ask in the mighty name of Christ. And we ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered everywhere and make them be for us, your body, your blood again, and make us your instruments of grace for this world. Will you pray silently for just a moment, asking for forgiveness, for grace, for wisdom, for guidance, and yes, even joy as you receive these elements of God. Amen. My friends, this is the body broken and given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you and for many. Take, eat, and be glad. After the band comes to lead us in our final closing hymn, Julie Hope will offer our benediction. And as always, if you would like to call the church and talk with one of the pastors, it is a good day for you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. It is a good day to recommit yourself to serving as Christ's disciples. It's also a good day to join the church. If wherever you are, we would love to have you in the community of faith that we call First United Methodist Church in Hot Springs. Know that you are loved and that we are here for you. Amen.
unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. joy in your hearts, knowing that God loves you and is with you always.